Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. <laughs> Limitations apply. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, there is a hodgepodge of things going on in the NBA world, a lot of different storylines as we get into the stretch run of the season. But first and foremost, I just want to check in on you. How you doing? How you feeling? What's going on in your world? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Tate, I appreciate you checking in on me. We you need know, that in this life, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you got to check you know. in on people. You know, I had a friend of mine who told me, he said, Tate looks like everybody's best friend. That's what one of my <laughs> friends said about you. So, you know what? I'm proud to call you, uh, to work with you, the co-host of the show. So, uh, Tate's my best friend. So, that's, that's what my friend said. You're everybody's best friend. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I appreciate uh, whatever friend said that. I am knocking on wood that it was Michael Jordan, but I'm not going to say or speculate. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, uh, it's good to be here, BJ. It's good to talk about basketball. And uh, I mentioned Michael Jordan because a lot of people are bringing him up as they talk about Stephen Curry, who over his past 10 games is averaging 39 points per game, shooting 49% from the three-point line, and is on a tear unlike anything we've seen from a guard past the age of 33. So I had to ask the guard guru uh what do you think about stephen curry's statement performances the past uh, month basically it's been fabulous it's been great to watch you know steph has been shooting the ball his whole career at a high clip and he's been exceptional these last four or five games so you know the way the way the game is played and the way you know the they go about playing especially beyond the art steph curry is definitely very capable of doing that and, you know, so, I, I, you know, I used to remark about it, but now the way <laughs> the game is played, it's like, okay, you know, guys are shooting 10, 11 threes, and that seems to be the norm, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this is a league now where clearly there's a difference between the better teams in this league and the teams who are rebuilding, the teams who are, you know, developing, as we, as we like to call it today. So when you catch those teams that are developing – you know, if a guy makes four or five threes, it would it it would appear to me that you would stay home on the shooter. <laughs> but in today's game, that's not the case. So, you know, what I, I think we will see more of that because of the way the game is played. Yeah, and Curry joins Kobe and MJ. As I said, the only players in history, at least thirty three years old or older, to notch. 
four 40-point games in a calendar, calendar month. I don't know who came up with that stat, BJ, but uh, they did a good job to dig that one up uh, to make those comparisons. And uh, congratulations to Steph Curry. I'm happy for him. I know he's in a tough situation, you know, to go from the top uh, to being a team that's battling for a playoff spot. That's never fun, especially the the, the mental uh, aspect of that whole thing and transitioning into that position. But I think uh, I'm happy to see Steph happy and making the world happy, making a lot of shots. So that's good news. Yeah, I mean, you, you give Steph this. Steph always finds his joy, and he plays the game with a certain amount of joy. So for him to find ways to motivate himself in these times where clearly they're not competing or playing at a championship caliber clip as a group, He's finding a way to keep himself motivated, keep himself engaged. And over the last four or five games, we've been entertained, truly entertained by his brilliance and the way he's playing, the way he's shooting the basketball. Yeah, it's almost like uh, WWE wrestling or something with Steph Curry. It is a it is a full on show. Uh, Everybody's involved. The fans at home are involved. Your kids are involved. Uh, and now you got people so involved, BJ, that they're pushing him into the MVP conversation, which made me want to ask you uh, about, just about that MVP conversation. Because, uh, you know, I, I do think it, we, you and I both probably agree it's about the bigs. But uh, what what is the fascination with the MVP conversation? Because I feel like every single headline I see is the updated MVP race. You know, look, you know, Steph Curry inches into the MVP race. Do you keep up with any of this? Do you care about any of this? And is this a real conversation that anyone in the basketball world is actually having with each other? Are people calling each other and saying, uh, what's the updated MVP race? Uh, Or is this just made up, uh, you know, narrative talk, as they say? Yeah, I'm not going to attack the narratives here today. I'm going to allow someone else to do that. I'm not going to attack the narratives because I'm like, I always try to find who this narrative is, right? This narrative is, is out here. You know, when I was younger, I, I I thought I was getting good and I was a little bit beside myself and I thought I was the best player in in high school. I thought I was the best player and uh, in our in our little conference there in Detroit. And I remember my coach telling me he was like. If you want to find out if you want to know who's the best, just keep playing because he's going to show up at the end. And it's always stuck with me because now we like to talk about the MVP before the season. We like to talk <laughs> about the MVP after the first game. We yep. like to talk about the MVP. A guy has two or three games. Oh, he's the MVP. Yep. Yep. And if we want to know who the best player is this year in the NBA, just keep watching tape because he's going to show up at the end. Just keep watching. <laughs> I never forgot that. So I never concerned myself about, you know, what is this, April? Okay. I never. I don't concern myself about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to admire what Steph has done the last three or four games, five games, whatever, the, whatever it has been. But overall, you know, the best team in the league right now, is is the Utah, Philadelphia, and you know Brooklyn and those guys. And if we want to know who the best player is, let's just keep watching. It's a lot of basketball to be played. There's a lot of things that's going to happen, and we have to be aware of that. And it's not to diminish anything Steph has done. And you can tell by the way the Warriors are playing him. 
that they're very conscientious of his minutes. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect them to go all out pushing for him to be MVP this year, knowing (laughs) very well (laughs) that hopefully they can get Steph Curry to play like this at this level for a a minimum of two to three years. Yes. Okay. All right. So, you know, Steph is 33 and every guard who's played understands when you get over 31, 32 at any moment, the wheels can fall off. Mm -hmm. Because a half a step at that position is like five steps at any other position. Mm-hmm. Because these guys, John Morant and Donovan Mitchells and all of these guys, they keep getting younger and younger, faster and faster. And to be a 33-year-old guard still playing at a high clip, bravo. Mm-hmm. But at any moment, <laughs> there'll be another young Russell Westbrook coming in. There'll be another young Derrick Rose coming in. There'll be another young Steph Curry coming in. And at 33, 34, being in isolation out on the island trying to guard that guy, it's not fun. No. I mean, and for an example, for the people at home, I mean, this isn't necessarily a guard situation, but last night the Hornets and the Blazers played each other, and Carmelo Anthony basically just got out of the way and let Miles Bridges Br- Br- go for a big They're talk. always yeah. – hey, hey, hey. so, not let you slide, young fella. Hey, there's nothing you could do, you know? Father time passes no one, and you, you – Miles Bridges, Melo, Melo Mai said, hey, but – what can you do? Miles yep. Bridges is he's he's young and and next year there'll be another young guy coming in. So yep. you, you just gotta understand where you're at. So uh, you know, I I think you know, great. Let's celebrate what Steph is doing, but that's a tough age. 33, 34 at the point guard position. Tell you, you just you just shake your head because you you know at any minute, you know, the, the speed and quickness. Mm, it's only good for two things. Get you in trouble and get you out. And when you don't have it anymore, Tate, you're in a whole lot of trouble, my friend. Well, especially when you're 33 years old and teams are basically throwing two, three guys at you to trap you to get you to pass the basketball. And, uh, you know what I mean? Then you need your speed and quickness to make those, you know, those, those moves to try to get out of those traps. I mean, well, Steph Curry is still. I'm going to say this. I'm going to yeah. say this. We're only trapping Steph Curry because clearly there's only one player that has a that can have a play that's that's ran for him. Like I watched the Warriors all year. I don't think there's another player who's had another play called for him. <laughs> so I mean, it's not hard to scout that team. Just trap that guy number thirty, and then we'll figure out the rest. Yep. Okay. You know, I mean, Wiggins has gotten it going a little bit, but outside of that, you know, what what else? What what else are we trapping? So. I think the balance and the attack and the way they play, you know, they need Steph Curry to create offense, not only for himself, but they need to create offense for the others. So they run the ball through him, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think everyone – I like what Steph is doing, but I'm not like you, – you can't win like that. You can't mm-hmm. win with – a lead guard or a point guard scoring 40 points a game. Like you can't do it. It's just, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't care what era you play in. It just doesn't work. 
Yeah, it's too many shots, and uh, yeah, there's there's too many roles that aren't being, uh, like you said, uh, you know, figured out. Because if we're drawing up one type of play, and yeah. uh, we all know what it is, that it obviously uh, changes a little bit about, uh, you know, our future. But uh, at the end of the day, this team, as we've talked about, the Warriors are trying to figure out what the future looks like. The guys like James Wiseman, Curry, yes. and Curry and Wiseman don't necessarily fit together. It's kind of like both both of your generational talents are there at the same time. So they got a lot to figure out. We'll keep an eye on that as they do. Um, you mentioned John Moran. I just wanted to point out, if we did the play-in game right now, John Moran and the Grizzlies would take on Steph Curry and the Warriors in the 8-9 game. That would game. be exciting. That would be exciting. Exciting guard play. And, yep. you know, John Moran, as you know, is one of my favorite players to watch. You know, he's must-see TV I mean, the guy, he's jumping like I've never seen a guard jump throwing down dunks. I mean, I'm not even, I mean, he, he, Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose, they're all, they're all getting in the, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this kid is, and and I, I love watching him play because he plays the game the right way. He's athletic, but he can run a team. He doesn't have to score to dominate a game, to control the game. He understands tempo. And I think it would be a great matchup. That'd be a great matchup because John Morant, he never dodges his matchup. He takes mm-hmm. on all the other. He guards the other team's best player. He he guards Damian Lillard. He guards Russell Westbrook. He guards Steph Curry. And I and I love that about him for a young player to accept that challenge. And so that that would be phenomenal. You know, as, as a playing game, I would watch that for sure. So let, I, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed <laughs> to watch that game. And maybe you and I can broadcast that game because – I think oh, I got yeah. some great calls. I, you yeah, know, we, those are our guys. I mean, Steph's oh, my guy, yes. North Carolina guy, and Ja Moran. I love Ja. You know, I mean, you He's obviously, South Carolina guy, right? He's yeah, South exactly. Guy. They're they're both Carolina guys at the end yeah. of the day. So we love to see that. Uh, I do want to ask you about the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. They had they had mentioned that they were you know not as thrilled about the playing games because they had you know Luca said he they had earned their seeds, so he didn't really know. Uh, you know what the point of the playing game was. What did did you have any thoughts on this, or should we keep it pushing? Well, I feel like I have to say something about this just for this is because yeah. no one really understands the play the playing game. But I give him credit for saying it. Like, yeah, yeah, who really understands it? I think our 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 issue in the NBA, our issue, our our bigger issue is how do we keep the teams engaged so that this term tanking won't become a problem in our league. Mm -hmm. That that to me is the, 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 that's the elephant in the room. We have to have teams who are engaged to try to win the game, not saying that they're not trying to win, but this whole developmental thing has become a problem. In yeah, the, the two years from being two years away, that that whole yeah, mindset. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is an experiment to say if you are eight, nine, and ten, you can't just say we're gonna play the young guys right now because we want to see for next year so that you can, you know, try to what you know f- get yourself in the lottery. Well, now you can't do that if you're eight, nine, ten, or eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, you you still got a chance to be in. So I think that alone is probably the wrinkle. And we got to figure this out because in this era, you know, starting with the Sixers, tanking 
you could see clearly what they were doing. And teams won't admit it, but clearly that's what teams are doing. And, you know, however you want to slice it or dice it, we have to call it like it is. So the league has tried this latest rendition, if you will, of trying to keep everyone engaged because it is very hard to play as a player when you know what the team is doing. Mm. So every night as a player, you you have to go out there with the idea that I'm going to try to win the game. Yeah. Now you may not win the game, but you got to have, at least you want to try to win the game. So I think the integrity of the game right now is what we're trying to protect. So do I clearly understand the plan? No, I don't. And, 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 and I follow the NBA closely, but I do understand the problem that we have because the developmental piece has added a new wrinkle to the game, which suddenly now, the, as they call it, I don't call it this, assets and lottery picks and development and getting players who are three years away. Well, what's the point? If he's three years away, let's wait for him three years until he's ready to play. let's wait for the guy then okay Mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do but why do we have to lose while we're doing it and i get it i I get it i've sat on both sides i understand it but i think we have a responsibility i say we the basketball community the the basketball lifers the people the executives the coaches the players the the owners of this league we have a, we have a, a responsibility to protect the game and the integrity of the game is the most important thing. So we're continuing to try to figure this out as we go along. Quick break to get away from our sponsor, Locker Room, the best place to talk about sports. Sports news seems like it's coming faster than ever before. Just in the last few weeks, we got, you know, basically March Madness happens, the Masters. We got NBA news every single day. Locker Room is the place if you want to have those types of conversations. And it's the only place for live audio conversations about the sports you care about. It's built for sports fans. It's totally free. Anyone can start a conversation. You can react to the rumors, the breaking news, or you can take a deep dive on the teams and topics you really care about. You can also chat with your friends. You know, or join BJ and I. We do Hoopology every single Wednesday. Uh, we get in there for about an hour or so. BJ takes questions. I take questions. We talk about the Hornets as much as I possibly can. Joining the conversation in general has never been easier. You tap once to join a room to listen, tap again to request to speak, and before you know it, you're on stage talking to your favorite athlete, podcaster, or fan. That's where Locker Room is at its finest. Go to the Apple App Store today and join the conversation. We are also brought to you by our friends at discover want to hear something amazing discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn how amazing is that in fact it's even more amazing because of all the places where discover is accepted 99 percent of places in the u.s that take credit cards so when it comes to discover get used to hearing yes more often learn more at discover.com slash yes 2021 nielsen report limitations apply back to pushing through yeah, and uh, I think all the points you brought up, I mean, the problem is what the problem is. And, you know, it's not necessarily we're saying this is the right solution, but it is at least it's trying to address that problem. And that yes. is the whole point. It, absolutely. It, it, it's a problem. It, it, it really is a problem. And mm-hmm. you're seeing it 
with things such as this. Well, I don't want to play for this team because like, like the players in Houston, like, well, what are they doing? Well, okay. Now we're seeing Blake Griffin and these guys get bought out. Now we're seeing all of these players now saying they would rather get bought out so they can go to a place where at least they know they're trying to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can see it with Andre hey. Drummond. You can see it with LaMarcus Aldridge. You see it with Blake Griffin. I'm not sure that's good for the game either. Take, no, it, it makes both and it makes both parties look bad. Exactly. So you're, you're seeing what happened down there in Houston. You know, well, I don't think this team is going to win, so I'm just going to push my way out. You know, um, so I, I again, this is a a bigger issue. It's having a ripple effect, and now we're to a point where if I don't believe the team is trying to win, I'm just I'm just going to force my way out, and I don't care how I do it. Mm. So it's not good for the organization. It's not good for the players. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the league. So I think there's these are issues that we're going to have to address because it's here now, Tate, and you can see the effects of it. Yeah, and I mean, and on the flip side of that, I mean, the, the Sixers did the process, and now they're the best team in the East. You know what I mean? And they have the best player in basketball in Joel Embiid, at least in my opinion, this year. So, um, you know, you can see you, you can see both sides of the equation. Um, you know, it, it makes sense why, uh, you know, everyone is, you know, there's a hubbub about it. I see the, I understand the excitement for the play in game. Um, but you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. And, uh, I know the teams are trying to find the, the little sweet spot of getting a, an advantage in any sort of way that they can. So it, there's a game to it, but like you said, you have to have some sort of integrity where we at least know. Um, that you're trying to <laughs> push onward and upward. Um, yeah. And yeah. That, that's yeah. really yeah. It. Exactly. I think that's the issue, right? You know what I mean? Like you're tanking. Well, you're developing. Well, okay. Let's respect those fans who are spending hard-earned money to come see you compete, right? I can accept you losing the game, but let's come to compete. Yeah. I, I, can, I can't. Yeah, I can't that accept you the celebrating issue. the loss. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I can get more balls for the lottery. Like that—that that to me, that, that's that's a, that's a problem. Now, if you lose and you 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 go all out, okay, I can I can I can respect that. I can I can deal with that. But when you're telling me that that's the issue and that's the game plan. I don't, I don't know if that's good for anybody. Well, let's talk about something that's good for everybody. Uh, I guess not everybody, but for everyone in the New York area, because the New York Knickerbockers, BJ, they are making some noise. They're having some fun. They're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. And last night, our guy, Derek Rose, had a beautiful assist to my guy, Reggie Bullock, in the corner for a three to send the game to overtime. The Knicks get a nice win there. Um, in general, it does seem like Tom Thibodeau's Knicks are playing the right way, uh, and they're having a lot of fun and success while doing it. And it is good for basketball to have the New York Knicks be good, BJ. So uh, I wanted to end on a light note today, or a high note, I should say, uh, with the New York Knickerbockers and our guy Tibbs, who, again, has come on the show. Uh, we would love to have him back. D Rose also has come on the show. So we are we are partially a New York Knicks podcast at this point. So we got to celebrate their successes, BJ, as the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Well, I, I'm really, really happy for the New York Knicks. This has been a long time coming. I mean, right? this has been yeah. seven, what, 
at least six I or mean, seven years. Yeah, 2012 <laughs> was the last time they were okay. really in the playoffs for real. Yeah, it's it's been a while. But to say the New York Knicks right now are in the playoff hunt, I mean, it, it, it just it just sounds right. They've won six right. in a row. Won six in a row. They're sixth place now currently in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's just great to see New York back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. You know, I've said this many a times, Tate. Playing in the NBA Finals and winning a championship was, was great. But nothing, nothing compared to springtime in New York City and mm-hmm. playoff basketball there. Nothing compared to it. The intensity, the fans walking down the street, checking into the <laughs> hotel. Everybody no, knew the everybody knew the if, Bulls were in town. Yeah. The Bulls were in town. The <laughs> fans are going to show up at the at the at the at the airport. The fans are going to show up at your hotel. The fans yep. are going to sh- they're going to boo you as you're going into Madison Square Garden. They're going to call your room at three in the morning and wake you up. They're going to boo you after the game <laughs> if you win the game or lose the game. And then after the series, hey man, great job. That's what I always respect about the fans there. You know, it, it, it's such a show. So the theatrics of, of New York City is fabulous. And let's start with, I know Tom Thibodeau has come in, blue collar. I mean, he really established, I mean, he's really kind of a, you know, he, 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 he the city can identify with the way he plays. Oh, for sure. And the way he coaches and the way he the way carries he coaches, himself. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he really is representative of, of, of New York, but let's start with Julius Randle. Okay. Julius Randle. I mean, he is having a brilliant, brilliant season. Okay. And the reason I say this is because New York isn't for everybody, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle has stepped into New York City, gone from a player that was signed on a two-year deal. He has to have the greatest contract, player-friendly contract in the NBA for his production. Yes. So great job by the Knicks to get that done. But he stepped into the leadership role. And... We can talk about his points, yes. We can talk about him being an all-star, yes. But there's two things that have really stood out to me about Julius Randle. His conditioning is incredible. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like being in great condition, Tate. There's <laughs> nothing like it. Like, when you can play a game and you don't get tired and fatigue doesn't set in, you can actually think clearly, you can make great decisions, and then all of a sudden now the game is way more fun because you never get tired. Mm-hmm. Right now, he is in phenomenal condition. You take last night's game. He played 47 minutes last night. Mm. Take it. It's a lot of minutes. <laughs> he is in the best condition of his life right now. And then the second thing he's doing, which is at an all-time clip, he's passing the ball better than I've ever seen him. And I started watching him in high school. He had 10 assists last night. 33, 10 assists, five rebounds, along with five steals because he's in great condition. Now he can give you multiple efforts 
during the course of a game. Yep. Give Coach Tibbs credit for sure, without question. He's an all-star now. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving him credit for, to be able to handle New York City. Everyone it, can't do that. And it, this is a guy that got drafted, you know, high, got oh, brought yeah, in yeah, with yeah. Kobe Bryant, was supposed to be a savior for loss. So he's already yeah. been in big cities and big situations, and it give didn't work it. out. So the perseverance to get to New York and do this give him a credit. Lot. Give him credit. Julius Randle has stepped in. Now he's an anchor. He's mm-hmm. an anchor in New York City right now. He might be the biggest star in New York City basketball right now, which yeah, is crazy yeah, to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm rooting for them. I don't know what the – I'm sure we can get some mathematics. We can get we can get Midas maybe here as we're doing the show <laughs> to figure out what is the countdown, what are the games necessary for them to finish over 500, first of mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. then what is the countdown for them to get into the playoffs? I'm rooting for the Knicks – I love what they've done with this team. You know, R.J. Beard has really stepped up. Reggie Bullock, Nerlens Noel has stepped in big. You know, Mitchell Robinson, who they are going to miss him, okay, um, because of his ability. Alfred Payton and, of course, our good friend Derrick Rose. Mm. I mean, Derrick Rose comes Sixth in Sixth man of the night. year, maybe. Who knows? Hey, it's 23 points, five assists, three rebounds last night. Huge block shot. Huge assist, as I said huge to Reggie. Assist, yeah. Huge block shot. So he's so they they have a team here that they feel comfortable with. I mean, I happen to agree that we'll defend. You know what Tom Thibodeau team is going to defend, but we also know that they're going to play the game the right way. So, you know, it's great for New York. And I'm rooting for the Knicks. I, I'm rooting for the Knicks. I would love to see the Knicks versus Brooklyn in the playoffs. Mm. I just want I, I want the hype. I just want the smoke. I, I want all the, I want Philly and the Knicks. I want these major markets to go after it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's great for the city. I think it's great for the bas- for the basketball community. And I love the fact that New York is going to be saying, go New York, go New York, go. It's springtime. <laughs> and I hope they advance. I'm saying yeah. it right here. I hope yep. they advance. You're right. I really yeah. do. So, um, let's see how it plays out for them, but I, I'm really rooting for them. They're four games above 500 right now. Uh, Midas just brought that up for us 31 and 27. I think they have 15 games left, uh, so our 14 games left. So we're, we're right there. Uh, as we hit the stretch run, we'll be keeping an eye on the Knicks right now. They'd be matched up with the Bucks, uh, the three six seed, three six game right now. Um, so that would be, I think Tom Thibodeau would love the idea to be able or love the opportunity to be able to game plan against Giannis in a first round matchup where he's the complete underdog. That seems like something that Tibbs would be up for. Um, Tibbs is up for a basketball game. You know what? <laughs> yeah, he just wants to coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tibbs is the type of guy that he's going to coach and be around the game anyway. And it's like, Oh wow! I get I can get paid to do this too. Like yeah. that, that's just an extra bonus for him. Yes, Tom Thibodeau is going to coach and be around the game. He's going to be in the gym somewhere. We're going to look over. He's going to be like eighty years old. You're like, who's the guy over there in the corner? It's, it's Coach Tibbs, still yeah, coaching yeah. defense for sure. For sure, that, that's just what he he's going to be in the gym. It's just an added bonus for him that he gets a chance to like get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. He just loves basketball, so you know. It's great for them. It's great for the city. And I, I, I hope that we can. Uh, 
I hope that you and I can go to a game yeah. in New York City. In the playoffs, maybe. Who in knows? In the playoffs. Yeah. There you that, go. That, 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 would be, that would be fun. That'd be a nice little trip for it. Nice little road trip. Yeah, I like that. I like to end on a high note, a road trip, pushing through, potentially back on the road. Uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening. This has been another edition of Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier. He is BJ Armstrong. BJ, do we have anything else we want to say to the people before we get out of here? Man, just keep pushing, baby, because when you in water, <laughs> when you in water, what are we supposed to do, Tate? We got to make waves, and uh, that is it. That is uh, Pushing Through. We will be back, uh, look, very soon. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. 